Welcome back. This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Wellish. Kylie Douglas, welcome to Wellish. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Woo! So give me a lowdown. Who are you? What is your business? Tell me about what you do. Yeah, sure. So I just moved to Charlotte in October of last year. So like the week before Halloween, basically, I moved to... Oh my God, wait. No way. Same exact week. Okay. <laughs> from where? I don't know if I know Chicago. That. Okay. Okay. So both from from like the North. I'm from Ohio. So okay. born and raised there. I lived there my whole life. Went to college there lived there for about four years post-college before I decided to move. And so I just moved here in October and I am an esthetician. I opened an aesthetics business once I moved down here, literally like three weeks after I moved here, I opened. And I knew like five people when I moved. It was, you know, kind of a a gutsy decision, I guess, in a way to like open a business and not really know a lot of people. But so I, I moved here, opened a business in November. So I've been open for like seven, eight months now. And which is crazy because I feel like I've only been open for like two seconds. Oh my at God, this really? point. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's felt like the fastest yet the slowest time. Like I've yeah. like, I, I should have been open like two seconds ago, but it's almost been a year, which is like nuts. So you came to Charlotte and you just like opened a business when you got here. Yeah. Was that terrifying? Um, yeah, kind of terrifying. Um, so I, when I decided to move, I was pretty adamant that I was not going to work for myself, that I was going to work for, um, a a spa or like some sort of facial bar or something like that. Like I really adamantly didn't want to own my own business because I knew it was hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually was having a conversation with an old coworker before I moved and, um, we were talking about like opportunities and what I was going to do when I came down here. And she was like, why don't you just open your own space? And I was like, no. I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that was in August, I think, is when I talked to her. And then in October, I was I was opening a space. That's so, crazy. Yeah, so it was crazy. Why? What was the change of heart? So the stuff that I was finding in terms of jobs down here were um, a couple of different things. So they were either jobs that I was interested in, and they extended an offer, and the pay was not livable. Mm. Um, like one one job in particular I was really interested in um, taking and then it was 11 an hour and I said I can mm-hmm. not live on that mm-hmm. um, and it was a major pay cut from what I had been making in Columbus and I was like yeah no that's that's not gonna work um, and I could have accepted that job and and done that and gotten raises and you know things like that but I was like I just didn't feel like that was I didn't feel valued in that and sure. so I was like I don't want to even start out in a position like that um, and then other positions were full spa experiences, which mm-hmm. is something that in the aesthetic space I was not super interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love skincare and facials and facial treatments and brows. Um, apart from that, I don't love some of the things about aesthetics. Like I don't love full body waxing and I don't love full body body treatment services and things like that. And so I really wanted to create a space where I was able to do the things in aesthetics that I loved doing mm-hmm. and I wasn't finding it. So I figured if I'm not finding it, I'll create it for myself. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I feel like I hear that a lot, that if you kind of tune in authentically to who you are and Mm -hmm. what you enjoy, Mm -hmm. it'll attract the client. Yes, because I know that if I was working in a job that I didn't truly enjoy and I didn't truly love, like I would go into it thinking that this is short term it's mm-hmm. temporary I know I'm not going to stay here I would take it seriously because like I would value the people who who were employing me and the business that they had and things like that but I just I knew that it wouldn't be what I wanted and I knew you know ultimately that I didn't want to put myself in a position to feel it that way either so yeah I think creating a business for myself was kind of the only way that I 
saw what I wanted. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's very impressive that you knew what you did not want yeah. and went after what you wanted instead yeah. of being like, well, I guess this is what I have to do. I guess yeah. whatever. Yeah. No, I was, I was definitely not going to settle. I was not interested in settling for something. And I was like, I know it's going to be hard. I know that opening a business in a new city, in a new state that I've never lived in before this quickly is maybe going to end in failure. Like, you know, maybe it's not going to be the best decision I've ever made. But I said, I also am not giving myself the option to fail at it either. Mm-hmm. And so there was a part of me that knew like, it might be a struggle for a little while to build clients and to become established, but failure wasn't the option. So mm-hmm. I knew I would work to create what I wanted. Amen. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what qualities do you think that you have always carried with you that has made you kind of this way? You sound very determined and mm-hmm. like a go-getter yeah. and motivated. So what have you always kind of had? Um, I think I've always just been very extroverted in a lot of ways that I think has been really helpful for me because I'm not afraid to go and do things. I'm not Mm. afraid to get up and, you know, like in college I did a semester. I was a fashion major in college. And so fashion minor. Oh, I have so many things in common. Um, (laughs) I loved, um, New York City. And so I Mm -hmm. did a summer in New York and everybody, I'm from a really, really small town in Southern Ohio and people really don't move out. They don't go to college. And if they do, it's a local college and they, um, come back or you know stuff like that like I'm from a town where you just don't leave it's Mm -hmm. just small town life right um and so so many people were like you're so brave you're so this you're so that because I decided to a go away to college and b then live in New York and Mm -hmm. I I didn't ever see that as brave Mm -hmm. um but a lot of people said that they felt like it was and I guess you know I guess a sense of bravery and a sense of I am determined to have the experience in life that I want to have. And like, I'm not afraid to just go out and create the experience and go and get it. And so I think just the determination of knowing that like, I can kind of do whatever I want mm-hmm. is probably a characteristic that is, um, has really helped in like getting me to this point. And, you know, I guess I have to thank my parents for that one because <laughs> they always told me that I could do whatever I wanted. And there was never like a limitation on your goals, or your dreams and your ambitions and stuff like that. So I think just growing up in a house where that was always really understood is that my brother and I could do whatever we wanted and we mm. could be whoever we wanted. And they really pushed to make sure that we had all these experiences in our lives to show us that we were strong and we were independent and that we didn't need, um, you know, all these other things in life that we could, we could do these things on our own and we could create what we wanted. So, um, I think just growing up in a household that gave me those characteristics and showed me those things early on that that's probably why I am this way. What would you tell someone that wasn't brought up in a household like that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, has kind of been limited their whole life. And then now that they've grown up, they're like, I feel like I'm settling. I don't want this. I think that you can again create what you like you can create what you want and I know that that can be really hard for people who maybe don't have the best support system at home and maybe you know someone who can't take a leap and just spend money to start a business and just um you know kind of start from scratch in that way and that is hard but I just think you know you can do it. There is no limitation there. Mm-hmm. Tr- like I would probably tell them the things my parents have told me, Yeah. you know, I'd probably, you know, not parent them, but give them the wisdom that my parents have always tried to instill in me and just make sure that they, they understand that like everybody can create the life that they want. It's, it's hard. And, um, you might not, um, have ever experienced it in your past, but you can, you, you can do it. There's no, there's no reason that everybody can't win in life and like have the things that they want. And even if it's as small as like, 
also me supporting them and what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an Instagram follow or um, interactions on their content or just word of mouth telling people like whatever it is they need from me in that in that respect to be able to go out and have those ambitions, then like I would be like so willing to do that for them. So just like, you know, knowing that you don't have the limitations and that everybody does deserve to win, like just having that mindset and having that reminder sometimes sure. is so important. Amen. Yeah. So then you went to school for fashion. Yes. Why esthetician? Yeah. So I minored in event planning. So I had a major in fashion merchandising, minored in event planning. And um, I worked in the event planning space after college. Like immediately after college, I accepted a job as the assistant director at a wedding venue in central Ohio. And I planned all the weddings that came through the venue um, for two years. That's and cool. I, I loved it. Like I thought that that was my dream job. I thought yeah. that, that is, I was like, I got this right out of college. This is perfect. It's what I've always <laughs> wanted. Um, yeah. So I was a fashion major. Uh, so the way I wanted to kind of spin those together is I'd always thought I wanted to work for a a wedding gown designer an evening gown designer and work in their events department um so that's kind of how those two kind of like worked um where I thought that they were going to work and then I did an internship with a wedding planner loved the wedding stuff and so that's why I ended up um after college going into the wedding space um but I I worked there for a couple of years and just realized that it wasn't what I wanted realized that it wasn't what was making me happy and wasn't um fulfilling me and almost any way in the events industry you really have no personal life and you work so many hours and you're typically underpaid and sometimes depending on where you are undervalued and things like that and so I was really feeling the stresses of those things Mm -hmm. and um I really wanted to do something that made me feel more fulfilled every day that I wanted to wake up and have more excitement about and more passion about. And, um, I loved skincare for myself. I thought it was so interesting. Um, the summer that I lived in New York, I had never had any issues with my skin, but the weather and the pollution and like the heat in New York is a different kind of heat. Um, the summer heat there is just like no other heat you're ever going to experience. Um, I would not think that. Oh my God. It's like you're living in an oven. (laughs) Because all the buildings are so closed and there's just sidewalks and pavement and there's like just heat. Sure, I can picture it. Coming from everywhere. <laughs> um, and so just like the amount that you like sweat and stuff like that, like it was really messing with my skin. And I had, mm-hmm. I had never experienced it before. So I started getting facials when I lived there. And then that's when I got into skincare. And then that's when I started to really like understand or start to understand some skincare stuff. And so I had um, kept that with me for years and really enjoyed it. And I thought, well... I love this. Could I do this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, coming from a small town, like we didn't have, I, there wasn't an esthetician, there wasn't a spa, there wasn't anything like that where I was from. And so I truly didn't even know it was a career. I didn't know it was an opportunity. Um, and then when I realized that it was, I was like, well, I think that would make me a lot happier. Mm-hmm. And so um, I gave myself six months. Once I realized that that's what I wanted, I gave myself six months because it wasn't just an easy career jump. Like I had to quit my job, go to aesthetic school and basically, you know, instead of a full-time job, be a full-time student um, yeah. for, it was about six months. And so I was like, you know, this isn't just like a, a company jump. Like I really need to make sure this is what I want to do. For sure. And so um, I gave myself six months. And after that, I was like, I want to do it more now than I did when I gave myself this six month thing. Uh, so yeah, I just, I took the leap and quit my job and went to aesthetic school and, um, love it. So you really aren't afraid. It sounds like, because, no. I, because <laughs> I, I feel like it's so impressive how you made that such a major switch. Yeah. I mean, you, I, okay. So I heard something not that long ago that was comparing your likes and your dislikes sure. to food that yeah. like, you know, right away when you don't like something or you do like something, mm-hmm. but when it comes to like our personal lives, we're like, I don't know, do I like it? Do I not like it? I can't really tell. What if I make the wrong choice? Mm-hmm. But it, 
it sounds like you were like, mm, you know what? This wasn't for me. I got to make the switch. Even though I already went to college, I got to go to a new school. Yeah. I got to do all of these things. Yeah. Oh, it, it was nerve wracking for sure. Like I, I had wanted to make the jump to do something else for a while before I actually did it. I just, I didn't know what that was. And I, I spent so long trying to figure out what that thing was that I wanted to do. And then I would have those moments of like, well, you can't go to, you, you can't up and leave this job and go to aesthetics or you can't up and leave and do, because I was like, I was really comfortable where I was. Sure. I really, I had been with the company for two years. I loved all the people who worked there. Mm -hmm. Um, the culture of the company itself was fantastic. I still to this day, like loved everything about working there in terms of the people and the back end stuff. Mm -hmm. But the job itself for me just wasn't cutting it. And I, I guess, like you said, I wasn't afraid to just make the leap to make sure that whatever I was doing was fulfilling me so much more. But it took me a while because I also, I'm somebody who gets really attached to people and experiences. Same. Same. And I feel like I'm betraying them if I yeah. leave. Yes. And I was like, well, I can't leave these people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, I did that. Like, I worked um, at an Ann Taylor in college for, okay. from sophomore to senior year. So for three years I was there and I loved everything about it. And mm -hmm. obviously, like, I lived in a college town. It, almost all college kids worked there like you knew you were leaving after three years but still when I left when I graduated I was like I felt like I was betraying my manager yeah. and I was like I'm so sorry I'm, so I'm leaving sorry. Yeah. And, she, and she was like we knew you were you right. know and we I was understand. like I don't know I just I can't separate that kind of stuff sometimes and so for me it almost felt like I was betraying the company and betraying the people who I was working with and that made it a harder thing for me to want to take the jump because I was like well I can't betray them sure um and so once I realized that I'm not betraying them. I can still talk to them. I can still contact them. I can still have relationships with all of them. Like there's no betrayal here and it's ultimately for me and not that, you know, like mm -hmm. it's my life and I need to be happy with what I'm doing. Like that, that was one of the hardest obstacles when I decided to make the jump was just telling myself that I could in fact leave that comfort in those people. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I like what you say too about kind of that mindset shift mm -hmm. that realizing like you can still be in contact with them if you really wanted yeah. to I also feel like I do the same exact thing yep. that I feel the betrayal and mm -hmm. I feel like what if it's not like the right move or whatever yeah and every time I do it it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Okay, and I'm, well. I'm such like a type a like calculated person too <laughs> so in my head I'm like I really like I said the six month rule I gave myself like I really have to make sure these things are like calculated and yeah. so you know it sometimes Same. takes me a really long time to make these decisions <laughs> but you know for other things in life like um moving to charlotte mm -hmm. that was not calculated that was not why are we the same? I'm so excited. <laughs> we we about are this. literally the same human. No, no. Anyway, some things in life, I just, I think as I'm getting older too, I'm realizing certain things don't have to be as calculated yeah. and that, like, I'll figure it out no matter what I'm doing and where I go. And um, yeah, so, you know, career stuff, apparently, I make very calculated decisions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some personal life stuff, I'm starting to, like, let go of those, like, ropes a little bit and be like, well, if you've always wanted to move south and you might as well. You yeah, know, right. what's, what's holding you back? You know, right. so. I'm get I'm getting a little bit further from from those really like calculated movements right now, but for sure it was definitely it's definitely a, an intentional conscious thing for me to yes. to be like okay we can be a little bit more spontaneous yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. makes life fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes okay. I think I have to I have to tell myself that like spontaneity is fine like mm -hmm. you yeah. don't always have to like know everything that's gonna happen it, it it will be okay right yeah okay total let's go yeah flip give me like your all time skincare tip I have to know. <laughs> Um, sunscreen. 
Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I, and she like, says, as I, I sit here with a burnt nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, it totally, it totally happens. Um, yeah, sunscreen. I mean, it's going to be the ultimate anti-aging product for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, be diligent with sunscreen. And, you know, the thing is, too, though, the, the reapplication of sunscreen is so important, too, because sunscreen, most sunscreens, how many times can I say sunscreen? My goodness. Um, <laughs> um, most of them have an efficacy of two hours. Okay. So some people think if they put it on the morning, they're good for the, the whole day. Oh. No, girl, you need to reapply that, you know? Okay. Um, so there's there's an esthetician um, in Dallas. Her name on Instagram is the Dallas esthetician. Her name's Savannah. Um, I think she has, like, trademarked or coined or whatever, um, reapply till you die. And um, it's true. Like, reapply your sunscreen, get the most benefits out of it, get the most efficacy out of it, and apply enough sunscreen is my biggest tip because some people are like, oh, it's in my moisturizer. It's fine. Mm-hmm. No. There's not going to be enough moisturizer that you're applying to your skin that has that actual amount of SPF in it. Mm-hmm. Um, two finger lengths at minimum um, every application. Okay. Yeah. So my fear with that is that I have acne prone skin. Yeah. And like, isn't there like in sunscreen? Yeah. So you can, so formulation is super key. So if you get a formulation from a brand who is acne conscious or who who is really working on, um, making sure formulations are good for acne prone or acne skin, um, you'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, so there are definitely ones out there that you can get that are not like the sunscreens we were getting when we were kids. Okay, and that last you got at the beach that felt oily and that yeah, smelled exactly. and like you were like, "Mom, I don't want to put this on." Like, right. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And and you know, body sunscreens and facial sunscreens can sometimes have different formulations. Not always, yeah, right. But um, a lot of facial sunscreens are non-comedogenic and have um, different products in them and ingredients in them that are going to help to combat the acne that you're that you could be worried about okay yeah last question about sunscreen let's do it you said that you have to reapply several times a day obviously so makeup how does that work yeah so there are sunscreens that are like powder forms or ones that are like um in like brush form that like the powder comes out of the like handle of the brush as you apply and stuff like that so you can do it in different ways it doesn't have to be liquid sunscreen interesting yeah okay yeah. good to know there i'm gonna be go. a sunscreen ass yeah, bitch and i leave this interview <laughs> yeah yeah you're gonna you're gonna thank me in like 30 years yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, kylie you saved my life yes. and my skin yes. <laughs> that's yes. awesome what are you trying to achieve through your business like what's your yeah. goal so my goal, so my goal in life, but also my goal as a business owner is just to make people feel accepted and comfortable and uh, having the power to have the knowledge that they want in a way. So like I want people to be able to come into my space and feel the ability to leave with more skincare knowledge and feel empowered to know that the products that they're using at home are appropriate for their skin or that they can come in next month and continue to get facials and see these improvements and that if they want the knowledge about their skin from their service I will more than happy be more than happy to talk to them for an hour about the things that they're doing at home and the things they could be doing at home and the things we're doing in their service and the ingredients and stuff or I want them to come in and know that I'm not going to push that on them either. Like I want them to come in and know that if they are just having a rough day and they need some break to people come in and nap, people are like first time moms, full time moms, like all these different things. They come in, they're like, we're so sorry. Like we just need, I'm like sleep. I don't care. You don't mm-hmm. do your thing. Yeah. Um, but I just want to be like a really good, kind, safe space where people can come in and know that they're getting a really good service. They're getting professional grade products. They are getting um, an experience and they're getting good skincare. Um, and that I care about their skin and that I care about their lives in general. Like I love talking to people. I love having connections with people. And if they want to come in and like 
have like a life catch-up session every month when they come in for the official I would love that but if they want to come in and just have that reserved time for themselves I would love that too and I also like don't want I know like skincare can be super intimidating especially because of TikTok and social media and like there's so much coming from every direction and like things you should be doing and shouldn't be doing and you know it's like so much stuff and so people I think feel super overwhelmed and I just hope that I'm a place where they can come and not feel as overwhelmed with it they can ask me questions I will tell them um you know the skincare tips and things like that or like completely like help them remake a routine for themselves mm-hmm. based on their skin and stuff like that and I just don't want them to feel embarrassed about like a lot of people come in and if they have any like acne issues or scarring or stuff like that like it's almost like they're embarrassed to talk about it or ask questions yeah. about it or like how I don't want them to feel that way because I'm like I, that's what I do you know mm-hmm. like that's my job and so I want them to just you know have the ability to to come in and gain that knowledge if that's what they want from the appointment or if they want to just come in and have an experience that's mm-hmm. understandable too I love that because not the same but similar yeah I was never somebody that took care of my hair mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I just started going to a new hairdresser since I've moved to Charlotte mm-hmm. and I went in there and I was like I've always been naturally blonde, but mm-hmm. I have a little bit more like golden, darker mm-hmm. blonde, not mm-hmm. darker blonde, but golden blonde hair. And so I was like platinum, like make yeah. me platinum, <laughs> whiten it out. Yeah. And she was like, I will not do that because it yeah. will fry your hair mm-hmm. off. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, where I feel most hairdressers would have yeah. just done what I wanted. Yeah. And I have gone back to her time and time and time again because it's been, she's like, we're going to work on your hair yeah. health first yeah. and then we'll get you closer to where yeah. you want to be color wise. Mm-hmm. And it was just so relieving and refreshing to have mm-hmm. a person in the beauty world that cared actually about the long-term health of my hair or mm-hmm. in your case your skin yeah it's so nice the honesty and the openness and the ability to tell people no is hard yeah especially in the beauty industry like people come in and they have expectations of they want their skin to look like this when they leave or they have heard chemical peels are fantastic which they are but they've heard like chemical peels are fantastic and they want like full throttle chemical peel first appointment and you're like cool girl no like Mm -hmm. we need to start small Mm -hmm. we need to see if your skin can tolerate that like there are steps to be taken to make sure that we are not going to be causing trauma or damage to your skin that'll have longer lasting effects later on you know skincare and beauty and hair like it there's no quick fix you have to be patient you have to be consistent and so I think it's really important um to set those expectations and appointments too like she said like we're not doing that right now like we have to focus on your your health of your hair first same thing in skin like we need to focus on that your skin can handle certain treatments and we need to focus on like what are you doing at home what's your skincare routine like every day because one facial treatment once a month is not going to be a cure-all for your skin like if you are going the other 30, 30, 29, 30 days at home and you're neglecting your skin or you're just not taking care of it or you're using products that are just super not right for your skin and you're coming into me once a month and hoping that that's going to be a quick fix. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just the honesty and the openness of just being able to tell them that you can't do things or that you won't do things or that you can eventually, but you have to work up to them and you have to like have a good at home routine to really see the desired effects that they're looking for in their facial services and stuff. Like I want to be that type of person where they can come in and understand that with me and be okay with being maybe told no, but also understanding why I'm telling them no. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I really want people to come in and feel as comfortable as they can because skincare is vulnerable and the skin on your face is, it's a big deal. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's your outward appearance and you know, people, have to really trust you yeah. with that and I just really want to build an experience where people can trust me and come in and just and feel like every time they come in for the appointment they're excited for it and they're not nervous for it or they're not nervous to tell me that they came in and their acne is getting worse or something is going on or they're having a hormonal thing or something like 
I don't want that. Like I just really want to create such a, like a welcoming, accepting space for anybody who has any skincare concern whatsoever. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah. You talked about the standard in social media and like mm-hmm. that people have all of these expectations. Yeah. What do you think is a skincare tip that's just like the fakest shit you've ever heard? Oh my gosh. Um, so much. So <laughs> really? I mean, so many things. Yeah, I think so many like I, I not that TikTok's the only place like Instagram it's happening YouTube it's happening one of them I think is retinoids and tretinoin uh tretinoin is a retinoid but mm-hmm. um it's like a prescription strength one like I feel like so many people think you have to be on it to get the most effects and the most benefits out of being on a retinoid but the truth is people everybody's skin can't handle tret like mm-hmm. it it's intense Th- mm-hmm. that's why you can only get it from a dermatologist like it can't be a over-the-counter product and I think you know everybody does need a retinoid in their routine for anti-aging and for you know different things that they're looking for in their routine and I think you know retinoids are wonderful I just also think that they're not right for everybody and I think a lot of social media kind of says that everybody should be on a retinoid journey Mm -hmm. I don't think you should if your skin can't handle it then you shouldn't there's other things you can use and other products and ingredients that you can look at to help your skin in different ways that it's actually going to benefit from. And, you know, things like Tret are, are intense on your skin and can cause big reactions for some people. And, um, and also when, like, I think social media too, um, it doesn't do a great job in educating people on how they should be applying, when they should be applying, how often they should, like all these things. And mm-hmm. so then people get it in their head that they have to be on a Tret mm-hmm. or they have to be on like an over the counter as high as you can retinoid. Um, and then they overuse it and misuse it. Mm-hmm. And then, their skin freaks out and they come in and they're like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. What, what happened? Like we're doing what we we're doing this thing that everybody says is like the end all be all of skincare. And like, this is happening to our face. And I'm like, well, maybe because we need to rein it in. You shouldn't be using it five days a week when you just got it last week. You know, like yeah. they just, I think, you know, it's almost like a disservice sometimes on social media sure. for the skincare, other industries as well, I'm sure. But for the skincare industry, it's like a disservice because people aren't educating themselves. They're just seeing it and they're thinking that like, oh my God, their skin looks like that. So my skin's going to look like that. And then um, you have to kind of work on the education piece with them. So that can for sure. know, be hard. But yeah. What do you think young women would benefit from knowing about starting your own business? That it's hard, but you can do it. Okay. I think that's it. I mean... It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, there are there are challenges for sure. And there are days when you're just like, why did I do this? What's do you think the biggest one? <sighs> the biggest one for me right now being not even a year in is just consistency in clients. Mm. Consistency in um in income, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, over the past four weeks. So um I had six clients one week, eight the next, nine the next. Like it was growing and growing and growing mm-hmm. and like and then this week I have two mm-hmm. and that has been something that I really have to overcome sometimes like in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I had nine clients like last week. Why do I have two this week? Mm-hmm. And then is it like a, what did I do wrong? Yeah. It's like, what did I do wrong? What am I doing wrong? What can I be doing instead? Like, you know, and, and you almost kind of like beat yourself up about sure. things like that. But I'm in the first year of business. I'm, I, I need to expect that those things are going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes it's really hard to get out of the mindset of like, oh, well, I had nine clients last week and this week I have two, so I'm failing. Yeah. Like those thoughts absolutely creep in and you have to really work to not believe them. For sure. Um, and I think that that's, you know, so important to just know that, yeah, I'm in it and it's kind of sucking sometimes because I, I have to talk myself out of those things. But at the same time, like, 
you also need people in your corner who are there to point out the positives. Mm -hmm. So I think going back to like, what would you tell them? It's hard, but you can do it. And you also need people in your corner who are, who are going to advocate for you when you aren't advocating for yourself because you're in the midst of feeling all of these big feelings and they are there to point out like, Hey, these are the things that are going really well. And like when you first started, you had one client a week. Now you have not, you had nine last week. That's huge. Yeah. And you're like, well, it's not huge if I have two this week. Like you have to have somebody who is there to like fight for you when you're not fighting for yourself right you're fighting with yourself right you know um so you have to have those people um so I think that that's huge and um you know I also think that advice for starting a business for any young woman or any woman of any age who's doing it um would just be that you know if you have to have another job when you first start that's okay too Mm -hmm. I think there's no shame in that I work at a Starbucks three Mm -hmm. days a week no shame in it. No shame in my game. I, you know, you've you got to make of, the money. You've got to have an income. And so I think there's, there's like a, not like a stigma, but there's like a mindset around starting a business that like, once you do it, you have to go full throttle and you can't focus on anything else. And like, if you have to have something else on the side, it's like you're failing or like yeah. something. And I'm like, no, yeah. you're not do what you've got to do. You yeah. know, build the business. The business will come, but it'll take time. So during that time you have, if you have to supplement with something else, do it, you know? And in the Starbucks shop, I love, mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I honestly, when I get to a point where I won't need it, I kind of don't think I want to give it up because it's, it's such a social interaction with yeah. other people. I love my coworkers. I enjoy the shifts. I enjoy the people who are my regulars who I get to talk to every day when they come in. I've even gotten clients from working there because we'll just I start, believe that. Yeah. We'll just like start talking and they'll be like, oh, like, or, you know, well, I see you tomorrow when I come in and get my coffee. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm only here three days a week. Well, why are you only here three days a week? And then I say, you know, I own a business. And then they're like, oh, yeah, let me follow what you on you Instagram. Yeah. Let me come in and get facials and stuff. So it's like, you know, don't don't be ashamed of having to have something part time, too, because it, it, it can be a benefit to you too, not just for the fact that you're like getting income for it, but you know, you can find benefit from that too. So I just think, yeah, that's, that's something you got to do, then do it. For sure. How do you, I feel like you kind of touched on this, but mm-hmm. how do you cope with that fear and doubt? It's hard. <laughs> like it's hard. Um, so from like a, a perspective of like a higher power or whatever, I don't necessarily believe in like religion of it all but I do believe there is a higher power of some kind and that for me is like the universe in a way I'm like the universe won't let me fail Mm -hmm. I won't let me fail the universe won't let me fail like there are just you know and I I kind of have to think about you know everything I've done in my life that has seemed hard hasn't been hard in the end or I've overcome it or things have been really positive in the outcome of things I just have to be patient Mm -hmm. and patience is not something I'm great at I think a lot of people in our age range want things like so quickly instant gratification instant gratification is what we're used to and we want that like that fix so quick and I think I have just really had to remind myself that if I'm patient and if I keep working and if I do things the way I've been doing them and I just try to put myself in the best position to keep moving forward and growing then I will Mm -hmm. but I have to get through the hard thoughts first yeah I also am big on like words of affirmation and just like words in general like I have two tattoos both of both of them are words um the one on my arm is one that I talk about a lot when it comes to my business because um their song lyrics it says it's amazing what's created when you follow your heart and I've I trust that like I trust in words and I trust in phrases and I trust in things like that so I'm like okay you have this on your body it was most important to you to get it put onto your body like follow your heart it's followed you I mean it's it's brought you here it's created this so far like it's never failed you 
just follow your heart know that this is what you're doing know that this is the right thing for you and it's all going to come into place I just have to kind of talk myself in this like circle of positivity in a way and Mm -hmm. just understanding that it feels hard right now and it's supposed to because you're building something but in the end like it's going it's going to be like beneficial like once the outcome actually happens I just have to practice patience Mm -hmm. but it's hard have you always been this confident oh um I think so (laughs) it's really impressive (laughs) that's funny um (laughs) I think so uh yeah okay I I think so (laughs) that's great that's so cool I love that for you (laughs) thank you absolutely how have you grown personally from owning your own business I think that the confidence in a way confidence in myself has grown I've grown in just different skill sets that I didn't know I had and I've had to create for myself to be able to um market myself and to grow the business and you know just kind of understand some of these social media strategies and things like that um I think I've also had to grow and put myself in some more uncomfortable situations like joining organizations and joining um like the chamber of commerce and like stuff like that and like going to networking events knowing that I know no one and I just have to walk in and be like Hi. <laughs> um, I own a business. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to come? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I've just really had to like be okay with putting myself in uncomfortable situations and like growing comfortable with putting myself out there in a way that like I really don't want to do. Yeah. But you know, you've got to because otherwise, like where are people gonna find you? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. So I think that. Yeah. Okay, so shifting a little bit more into beauty standards, that kind oh, of deal. Yeah. What does your personal skincare routine look like? Yeah. So um, it's actually not going to be as impressive as uh, you might think or like you might, you know, see on social media. Um, Right now, it's really simple. In the morning, I don't wash my face in the morning. I just do like a water cleanse um, and then vitamin C and moisturizer and sunscreen. And then at night, I'll double cleanse. And then um, because it's summer and because I love being out in the sun, even. Um, don't tell anybody (laughs) I I don't have a retinoid in my routine right now just because retinoids do make you a little more like photosensitive to the sun and things like that um and so at night right now I'm just double cleansing and then either like a BHA exfoliant um or um like a tyrosinase inhibitor for like um pigmentation on my cheeks and stuff like that and then a moisturizer that's all I'm doing like it's so easy it's you don't have to have 87 steps in your routine to have a good routine which is what I guess I'm trying to say yes okay that is I swear I've known that to be true and I just always let social media sway me (laughs) oh I did when I first got into skincare like in when I was in New York and then like my senior year of college like that's so the summer I was in New York was before my senior year and then my senior year I was trying to buy everything like I would see it at Sephora or I would see it on like online TikTok wasn't a thing then I guess but like I would I would see it and I would be like well I've got to have that you Mm -hmm. know like I've got to have this or I've got to have that or the the packaging pulls you in and you think you need the packaging yeah yeah. (laughs) and then you get to the point where you're like I actually don't need to be doing all of that yeah but I think you know simple can sometimes be better Mm -hmm. especially like honestly right now because I'm in the middle of building a business like I don't have a lot of money to spend on yeah. the products either. And that alone, even those simple products can be so expensive. They can. Still, yeah. They seriously can. And so I'm like, you know, what do I need in my routine? What do I feel like is most beneficial for my skin? And what am I doing to make sure that my skin is healthy and that my barrier is intact and that my skin is protected? Okay. I can check those boxes 
and now that my boxes are checked like I don't need to spend more money on products that I don't actually need to be using right now even though I want to be or I could be um I think you know right now it's just making sure my skin's healthy and that has what it needs and um that I'm not neglecting it in any way because like sometimes you know you can you can be like I don't want to wash my face tonight and I'm yeah. like okay you're you're an esthetician wash your face you know like you have to be like you you need to do these things um yeah. but yeah I think if I had like a huge routine right now and I had to do that routine every night um with just like some of like the bigger feelings of like sometimes you get like like super overwhelmed and you like don't want to do that at night or like I feel like if I had like a huge routine to do every night I would be like Ugh. yeah you know right so I think keeping it simple helps too because like it keeps hold holds you accountable yeah it's not yeah. as much of a chore yeah exactly and I do enjoy doing like that kind of stuff but you know sometimes just I don't want to do that kind of stuff so like just knowing that I'm like okay wash your face like it'll take five minutes mm-hmm. you'll be fine I think that's helpful too yeah for sure yeah what is your opinion on women's beauty standards they're hard yeah yeah they're so hard I think you know one of the reasons I started getting facials when I was in New York is because my skin is breaking out and I didn't know what to do and I felt a certain way about it Mm -hmm. you know I had to fix it because I'd never done that before and it was definitely a beauty standard thing because it was like well I can't walk around like this Mm -hmm. but it was like I can't you know like you just you just feel like you have you have to fix these things because they're quote-unquote problems Mm -hmm. but I mean they're not like acne is not something you can control. I mean, you can, you can work to control it, but it's a disease of your skin ultimately. So, you know, things like that are really hard to overcome if you don't have the tools or it's something that takes a long time to do. Like beauty standards are so difficult. Even like, you know, I, I'm not a makeup person. I don't wear makeup. I, I know a little bit about it, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, as an esthetician, like we had to go through like a makeup section in school and things like that. And a lot of people who are estheticians are also makeup artists. And okay. I was going to say, I always thought estheticians were makeup artists. And Mm -hmm. then I learned not that long ago that they're not. Mm -mm. No, (laughs) you don't, you don't want me to do that. No, you you don't want me to do your makeup. Uh, You would never commission me for that. Um, But yeah, like for me, you know, beauty standards, especially like social media and like editing and stuff like that, you feel like you have to want to wear makeup and do all these things and like put yourself in these positions and stuff. But like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know like I, like I, for me I don't wear makeup because I don't like the way I look in makeup yeah I don't feel like myself yeah but by beauty standards I should love the way I look when I do it mm-hmm. but I don't yeah um I don't even own makeup like I oh had God, really no cool. no I had to I, I went to an event a few weeks ago and I had to go get mascara because the one I had was so dried up and old yeah. because I'd maybe used it three times since I bought it like two years ago that's like, incredible I don't do it and I just I don't like it and I think you know you don't have to conform to the beauty standards even though there's such a pressure and feeling like you have to and you know I think maybe it's you know like a a, a me thing I don't I don't want to do it Mm -hmm. and so I feel like I'm not going to do it I like am so blown away by you and your oh. ability to say that you don't or you do like something and fucking follow that yeah, like, like, wholeheartedly. I'm, just, I'm gonna do it, you know. Like, you know, I I think I do think that like beauty standards, like obviously it's not just skincare and facials and makeup and stuff like that. Like beauty standards for your entire being, like head to toe. Yeah, it's it's a huge thing. And you know, the the confidence in maybe my my skin is different than the confidence in the rest of my body does that make sense like beauty standards like I'm like I know what to do about skin like I know what to do all these things but like for the 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 rest of like who I am am I always the most confident in the way that I look or the way that I'm presenting or things no for sure not and so I don't want to come off that like I am because I definitely am not but you know 
the be- beauty standards are going to be hard for anybody. I think even if you have like that picture-esque picture perfect, like not edited, but look edited, like body or body type or yeah. beauty, like you're always going to struggle with it no matter what. Yeah. It's a good point that you are more confident about that beauty standard and how you should not be held to that beauty standard mm-hmm. because of your knowledge mm-hmm. in your skin Yeah, compared to the other parts yeah. of your body, yeah. like you say, because if you don't know anything about just like as a general example, but like weight loss or something. And you like are super insecure about that Mm -hmm. and you don't know what to do. Obviously you're going to be like, well, I'm just going to sit here like this. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, the beauty standard kind of spans like so many different, like, uh, like avenues, I guess of like, not just makeup beauty or whatever. And so, yeah, there's definitely a confidence I have in one, but not the other. And you know, I feel like a lot of people probably do too. Well, so if you weren't always going to school to be an esthetician, Mm -hmm. was that something that you think you struggled more with like this beauty standard? And then now that you've known, you feel better. Yeah. I, I think as I've got, as I've gotten older, I've become more confident in who I am outwardly than I ever have been before. Mm -hmm. And I think being an esthetician probably has helped that because I just feel more empowered and more knowledgeable about it, I guess. But yeah, like in, in high school and like early college and stuff, like I was not a very outwardly confident person in terms of just like the way that I looked and the way that I felt in my own skin. Like I, I had never been that way ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I've gotten older, probably over the past two to three years, I've kind of just been like, people can take it or leave it. I don't really care. Um, I am who I am. I'm going to dress how I want. I would have never, ever worn something like a crop top or like anything like that. Like I was very kind of reserved just because like I felt like I never had like, you know, growing up like the body type that everybody wanted or everybody had or like I played volleyball in high school and like wearing spandex and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like I, I like as a freshman, like playing with like other girls who were like seniors or juniors and like they had those body types and like I felt like I didn't look like them when Mm -hmm. we were playing. I felt so insecure and so not confident in who I was in that beauty, that beauty portion of it. Like, yeah, so I definitely have not always felt this way. Um, But as I've gotten older, there's just been some click. I don't know what the click has been that I've just been like, okay. Okay. That's yeah, what I was just gonna how ask is. you is what that click was, but you I don't, don't know. know. It, so you think it's not intentional? It's just been over time. You're like, well, I guess I gotta, yeah, change yeah. something. Yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is who I am, and I don't, I don't really feel yeah. like I have to change it for anybody. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Do you feel pressure in the beauty industry to meet a specific expectation for myself? Yeah. 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 yeah there's a pressure for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. I feel like I am not like a typical person who works in this industry in terms of, you know, just of the way that I am in some, when I first got into the industry, I did, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how, how this makes sense. Here we go. So, um, <laughs> uh, when I first start my first job, um, in aesthetics after school was in Columbus and, um, I worked with six, um, other women who, um, I love so much like they I am so grateful that I know them I'm so grateful that I worked with them um and I was intimidated by them when I first started because they very much look like they're in the beauty and the wellness space and like things like that like they very much had that that look and I was so afraid that I like I was gonna feel lesser than because I didn't necessarily look just like that but then you get to know them Mm -hmm. and you're like they don't look at me and think less of me Mm -hmm. because I 
don't look like them or they don't you know like they are literally the best humans in the world and I was so intimidated by them at first because I was like they're so beautiful (laughs) and they look like they work out every day and they like have all the like I'm like why am I like why is that not who I am because I just feel like you know in this industry people kind of assume that that's who everyone is okay and I think the intimidation factor and then getting to know them and getting to know like the outward stuff doesn't matter whatsoever at all. They are the best humans in the world and mm-hmm. they would do anything for me and I would do anything for them when it comes to like, I've asked them so many questions about business and yeah. so many questions about all these things. Like I just feel like in this world, there is an expectation of how you look or what you do. And then there's like that intimidation of like, I don't want to say like the pretty girl thing, but there's like that, like, yeah, you see like a girl who is just a beautiful and like, you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't look like that. And I'm going to work with her. And is she going to think less of me because I don't come in every day and like look like that and stuff like that. And then like you get to know the core of who people are and you're like, that shit doesn't matter. Like yeah. they, they're not intimidating whatsoever and I shouldn't be. And I shouldn't let that like first, like that first interaction of like how you look outwardly or the beauty standard of how you like look outwardly be what I'm using to like justify or like say like, how you're going to feel about me. Yeah. Right. I'm letting, I'm letting like my insecurities about myself project on them and like how I think that they're going to think of me. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a definitely a beauty standard thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool that the common theme that I'm kind of picking up on here is it all comes back to knowledge. Like it oh, all yeah. comes back to like, even when it comes to physical appearance, which I wouldn't think. Yeah. Like you would think that that mostly relates to your mindset and what you really think. But mm-hmm. like, if you go in and you are asking questions and, mm-hmm. and trying to learn more about the person or the situation yeah. or what's going on with mm-hmm. them, it makes you feel more confident and it sure. makes you feel less afraid. Oh yeah. 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 If, yeah. if you like feel that like warmth of a person instead of just like what you're seeing on the outside, like you like get to who they are, like, mm-hmm. and you find out all these things about them. Like you're going to be like, why, why did I, why was I so scared? Like, why was it intimidating to me? Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just that beauty standard thing. Like that, that, that thing that, just there's an intimidation factor yeah. just outwardly. Yeah. Yeah. What is a physical appearance expectation that you feel like you've experienced a lot through your clients that you think people need to let go of? Or even oh. if it's not through your clients, just people oh, in general. That people need to let go of. Oh. Um I think a lot of times people want to come in and apologize for the way that they're aging. And they're like, Oh, we're really sorry we have these wrinkles. Like, can you fix them? And like I'm like I I had um, a professor in college who um, said one time, if I don't have these wrinkles and I'm not showing signs of aging, then it means something. You know, like she was like, you want to age. You mm-hmm. want to get older. You want to have these wrinkles because they are wisdom and they are signs that you are living a long, fulfilled life. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't cut short for you, basically. And she was like, so you, I'm proud of them. Like I am proud of my wrinkles. I'm proud of my aging. I'm proud of what I've been through and like the age that I am and like looking the way that I do. And I feel like, you know, that's a thing. That's like a piece of the beauty standard thing that isn't really put out there a lot right now. Like a lot of it is just like Botox and filler and this and that. And I think some of it is coming off. Like I do think a lot of that stuff is like maybe falling off a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I think, you know, people come in and they like apologize for the way that they're aging or their wrinkles or like the crow's feet and stuff. And I'm like, I, you don't have to apologize for that. Like you don't have to be self-conscious about that around me. Like in, in a space where I, you know, like my profession is your skin. Like don't, don't apologize for that, you know, Mm -hmm. and don't feel like you have to like, tell me like oh like sometimes they'll be like oh I'm getting Botox I'm like I don't you don't have to go get Botox I don't care like you don't have to justify it to me you can you can't doesn't matter like age however you want to age and like it's hard to not want to conform to the beauty standards of aging Mm -hmm. um and I just I think 
that is something like you know do whatever you want you we can all make our our own decisions about how we age and like how we want to take care of our skin and how we want our outward appearance to be but I think you know don't ever come in and think you have to apologize to your esthetician for your wrinkles or how how you're aging because it's great that you have them you know yeah absolutely or in general not just your esthetician yeah just don't anybody in general yeah don't apologize <laughs> to anybody like do whatever it is that you that you want to do hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think you have the same concept of beauty as your friends probably not no just, yeah in what way so. there's a part of me that just doesn't care mm-hmm. in some ways and I don't want to say don't care because I'm like I feel like I need to elaborate on it but I kind of I'm like how do I elaborate on that like I don't feel like when we go out on weekends and stuff, I don't wear makeup. I don't do a full face beat. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm just kind of like, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I don't <laughs> care. Like, I'm not trying to necessarily impress anyone. And um, not that my friends are trying to impress anyone or anything like that either. They just feel more confident in themselves when they look a certain way and that's just not the way that I feel confident in myself so I'm not going to spend hours doing makeup or doing anything like that whereas some of my friends do and they love it and I love that for them mm-hmm. but um yeah I just we definitely do have different expectations maybe of ourselves mm-hmm. in beauty standards not necessarily of the people around us but just like of ourselves like um yeah I could I could totally kind of care less in some ways about yeah that. <laughs> that's great how would the world be different if we never considered beauty so so different like I probably wouldn't have a job (laughs) you know like I probably wouldn't because people wouldn't think of taking care of their skin in the same ways because they'd be like why does it matter Mm -hmm. um yeah I think it would be a much different place and you know I think you know actors and actresses in Hollywood and stuff like that it's very beauty forward and Mm -hmm. so that is such like a uh like a pillar yeah and that probably wouldn't be a pillar you probably yeah. you know hollywood probably wouldn't be a thing and sure. movie stars and stuff like you know like yeah. that whole realm of things would probably be non-existent or much much different do you think it would change the way people feel about themselves oh yeah 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 for sure because i feel like so much of your confidence or who you think you are your embodiment of who you are is from outward appearance uh, appearance and presentation yeah, yeah for sure mm-hmm. what's a toxic trait that you feel you have overcome I think I try now as I'm getting older to have less initial judgment like if I think back to like who I was in high school Mm -hmm. and like the just like thoughts that I had around like certain like things um I was quick to judge in a lot of ways and I think that can definitely be pretty toxic as as a way to be and I don't know where that has kind of come from I don't know if it's just because like I got out of small town and like I got out I don't know um but yeah I think maybe like my now I don't I try to really not have that be something that I think about or focus on like I'm like trying not I I guess just non-judgmental yeah all, all around like we're all human so it's gonna happen sometime right but like to really just kind of focus on like not letting that be something that you you spend time thinking about sure mm-hmm. so do you often catch yourself having the judgment and then having to like flip it and be like oh wait don't do that is that um, kind of what you're talking not about as much anymore I think for a while yeah probably I was like mm-hmm. I would have like an initial thing probably like a be- like a be- like an outward like a beauty thing I don't know like probably something like that and I would be like 
oh like don't, don't even like think about that or mm-hmm. like worry about that or whatever but now like I feel like I just kind of don't lean into it as much like at all like and have to catch myself doing it anymore yeah um but yeah like definitely like as like a younger like teenage girl like yeah I sure. feel like you definitely have no those, shame have I those, love that you're sharing you know <laughs> yeah like you had those like instances and you were like and now you look back and you're like, why did I do that? Or yeah. Why did I think that? Or like, why was that important? Because yeah. I think, I think some of my values have shifted, not values, but like some of the things that I care about have just really shifted. Like I don't care about the external stuff mm-hmm. as much um, anymore. And I feel like that was really um, important, like important in my house. Like appearance was very important growing up. Like I wasn't allowed to wear my hair up. I wasn't allowed, you know, like stuff like that. Mm, like, interesting. yeah, like just we all like my mom and, and my dad like always just like wanted us to look very put together and like very and I think because I was raised somewhere where we were just very focused on like outward presentation in that way mm-hmm. that I focused on that in other people sure and as I've gotten older and as I've gotten out and around other experiences and other places and like stuff like that like I just feel like that isn't who I am and it doesn't matter to me anymore so it's not is it's not something that comes to my mind as quickly to make those like the first judgments I guess yeah sure thing yeah what's one you're still working on I think like internal confidence still mm-hmm. I mean like I I do have a lot of confidence in a lot of ways about myself and who I am and who I am as like a business person but there are still like very big like toxic internal confidence things that are not as easy to overcome sometimes sure. yeah yeah like I think just because it's easy sometimes for me to like be honest in the way that I think and the way that I'm doing things and like the way that like my confidence comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, in internally, it's not always that way. Yeah. yeah so sure. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We're going to play a quick closing Let's game. Kind of toxic, kind of well, what or who are you jealous of? Oh, what I think right now in my life is someone who I'm, I'm 26. I'm single. Um, I think I am a little bit jealous of the people who are in relationships and like starting to have kids and stuff and like be married. Um, because like, I really want that, but I just know it's not in the cards for me at this point because it's just not where I am in my life. But there's still like a part of me that wants to be jealous of it. Cause I'm like, I do want the white picket fits and this like 1.7 kids or yeah. you know, like whatever that number is. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind of jealous too, of people who are in my age who have those things that I want, but don't have yet. For sure. When is the last time you people pleased instead of doing or saying what you really wanted? Oh, so here we go. <laughs> no. Um, uh, so one of my best friends lives here and um, she and her boyfriend are two of my favorite people on the planet. And they um, tried to set me up with one of their friends recently. And he's a wonderful guy. There's nothing wrong with him. Um, but um, he was much more into me than I was into him. And um, I was trying to people please and just like kind of be like, not I was just kind of trying to be like oh yeah like I'll, I'll I'll like go along with it and you know maybe try to go on a date with him because like I don't want to turn him down and like, like he's so nice and you guys were so nice for thinking of me and trying to set me up with somebody who is so fantastic mm-hmm. but I just don't think he's for me and I just I felt like I was really trying to please them and that because I felt like I was letting them down because like he is a really great guy and there's nothing wrong with him and it was just like he doesn't live in Charlotte he lives like two hours away and mm-hmm. I was like well I don't want to you know get into a long distance situation and um and so yeah I think I was just trying to like people please with them and be like yeah like I would love to like go on a date with him I'm like I, I don't and I didn't want to tell him either because I was like there's nothing wrong with him I don't want to be the thing there's nothing wrong but like I just these are the things right and so yeah I definitely was like people pleasing in that situation because I was like I don't want them to be disappointed in me and I don't want him to like be disappointed in me and you know like whatever so <laughs> <heard> yeah <laughs> yeah when are you selfish 
with what I want to do, um, and who, like, and how I want to live my life, I guess, I have a vision of who I want to be, and I really want to, to build that and to be that person, and so I think I'm a little bit selfish in creating that for myself. Sweet. Yeah. What do you find yourself overthinking about? Oh my gosh, everything. <laughs> I, I overthink everything. <laughs> like, you could, you could text me and just say, like, the simplest thing, and I'd be like, oh. Is that what they meant? Real? <laughs> or <laughs> am I just reading this in a tone that was not meant for this? <laughs> like, I overthink everything. That's amazing. What are you picky about? <laughs> I was going to say dating. But yeah, dating. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> good. I'm, That's yeah. a good thing to be picky about. Yeah. Uh, sometimes my friends are like, you don't give anybody a chance and mm-hmm. blah, whatever. And I I'm hate like, when people say that. I'm like, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have standards. Yeah, I'm like, leave me alone. Like, I, uh, like one of my closest friends from college, he's always like, you cut people off so easily and you don't give them second dates. And I'm like, well, it's because I, the first date told me everything I needed to know. And they're like, well, you just need to be more open and you just need to be more willing to like give people like more chances or to like not judge people so quickly based on like a first date or something. And I'm like, and he'll be like, you're so picky. And I'm like, I don't think I'm picky. I think I just know what I want and I'm easily, I'm e- it's easy for me to pick up on when it is there and when it isn't there. And so I'm like, yeah, like, Maybe it's picky, but also maybe it's just because I know what I want. Amen. I love that. We're not settling. <laughs> no, we do not settle. Amen. What makes you quick to get angry? Not accepting people for who they are. You get angry when you don't accept people for who they when are? Other when other people don't. Don't accept you for who uh, you are. No, just like in general. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, just like in general. Like I just, for me, it's just... If somebody's if somebody in their lifestyle or something like isn't affecting you, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Like, why does it have to be such a thing? Like, I get so up in arms so easily about people having like big opinions about like a mass group of people or like something that doesn't directly affect them. And I feel like you know, with the political comment, and everything right now, like, I get so like angry because I'm like, live your life the way you want to live your life, and then other people are gonna live their lives the way they want to, and just, just everybody just live and do do your thing and don't care about other people because it doesn't affect you like I just I think that's what it is like you know like sometimes like when you're talking to your mom on the phone and she's like oh well you know do you remember so-and-so and And I'm like no I don't remember so-and-so and And she was like oh yes you do and you know she'll try to give you all these reasons you know who they are and then she'll be like well you know here's what's going on in their life and I'll be like I don't care Mm -hmm. you know it's like one of those things where it's like I I don't know them. They don't directly affect me. And I don't need to know like the small town Ohio gossip of what's going on with them because (laughs) it does not directly affect me. And that will anger me like nobody's business because I'm like, I don't need that information. Yeah. And you don't need that information. And we all don't need to be concerned about that. Like just let everybody live the way they want to live and just just do your thing. I love how you say that because it almost is like it it clouds you. It like takes away from your own energy. It does. It it does because I'm like, yeah, no, I I don't need to have this conversation. Like I really don't like just let everybody be as they are, accept them as they are. And just be happy with who you are if that's what you want to do and don't you know just I don't know I just don't think that there has I I just get so angry when people like want to project on other people in their lives and their decisions and I'm like it has nothing to do with you yeah for sure what do you not have empathy for um I think in a lot of ways people who aren't putting in the effort but then want to pity themselves Mm mm-hmm um that's really hard for me to have empathy for because mm-hmm. i'm like well don't know what to tell you <laughs> on that one yeah. you know uh it's <laughs> so yeah i think just you know if you're not gonna put in the effort but then you want to kind of throw yourself a pity party i'm like i'll come to it for maybe a minute and then 
I'll have to be like, all right, let's figure that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to someone that's trying to become more well than toxic, what would you say? Don't worry about other people. Yeah. I think that's so hard, but don't worry so much about other people and kind of work on your independence and, you know, maybe like get a little more right with yourself if that's, you know, something, you know, because I just feel like there's a lot more peace and just doing your own thing and not worrying so much about other people and you'll probably feel a lot more empowered when you're like that perfect yeah sweet yeah where can people find you um so kylie ann aesthetics k-y-l-i-e a-n-n-e aesthetics um on instagram facebook tiktok um i think tiktok's kylie and aesthetics clt but um but yeah so um any social media platform is going to have my info on it, kylieanesthetics.glossgenius.com for website and for booking and for all the service information. Um, but yeah. And I'll put all that in the show oh, notes thank too. You, so yeah. you can click it down below. Perfect. Thank you so much oh for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you here. for having me. <laughs> absolutely. Thank I've absolutely so loved much. talking Yay, to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs>